Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining me this week. It's me, Jamie. It's the walkthrough. It's week four, which means it's Chargers versus Raiders week. You'll notice right off the bat, there's something different about this show. Normally, I have a guest, a media member, a Raiders podcaster, somebody to help me break down this game. Unfortunately, I reached out to a handful of people. They all said they didn't have time for me. And as I started going through my options, I realized, honestly, I just really didn't trust any Raiders fans to be intelligent, to be able to break this this game down in an intelligent, objective way. So I decided, screw it. I'm going to do it myself. So here I am. It's just you and me. We're going to break this game down. We're going to keep it tight. And we're going to get into it right now. We're going to look at some stats. We're going to talk about some key matchups. And we're going to get into a, pr- a prediction. And we're going to do that. I'll do all that right now. So this is, like I mentioned, this is week four. It's Chargers versus Raiders. Big matchup. Big matchup between a pair of one and two teams. Third-year coaches in Brandon Staley and Josh McDaniels, both of whom seem to be losing their grips on their position. Lots of drama surrounding the team. Uh, both teams, I should say. Um <clears throat> Issues on the field, issues off the field, 
some issues with it seems like some personnel problems going on, some issues between coaches and players, uh, some really weird stuff going on with the Raiders, quarterback issues with the Raiders, all kinds of things to get into. So as we head into this game, I think we got to talk about some of the stuff that's going on off the field for both the teams because it's just so weird. And a lot of it just doesn't make sense. With the Chargers, we have the whole saga with J.C. Jackson, their $80 million cornerback, being a healthy scratch last week. And Brandon Staley going into last week's game, basically saying, hey, this is what we thought gave us the best chance to win. Then Monday morning news breaks that J.C. Jackson violated his parole and has an arrest warrant out for him in, in Massachusetts. So now it's kind of looking like maybe maybe this isn't a this is what gives us the best chance to win thing. Maybe this is a legal matter and the the Chargers are looking into ways to maybe free themselves from JC Jackson. They're waiting to see what's going to happen with the legal issue. Who knows what's going on? Then yesterday Brandon Staley doubles down again. No, this had nothing to do with his legal issue. This is all about what gives us the best chance to win on the football field. So it seems like they're making an example of JC Jackson, which if that's really what's going on, I'm fine with, but it's, it's strange to say the least. Um, it seems like it's got something to do with his, his legal issues and it's making it more and more difficult to take Brandon Staley at face value. It seems like there's something else going on behind the scenes. Brandon Staley doesn't want to tell us what it is and it's making him look like he's being less than honest with the team. Kind of weird, right? Very strange. I would say, then you have the issue that's going on with the Raiders and Chandler Jones, which is beyond strange. So <clears throat> after Labor Day weekend, uh, Chandler Jones was basically placed on the um, non-football injury list by the Raiders. Uh, he was told not to come around. He started posting odd things on on Twitter um, about you know text messages between himself and um, Mark Ziegler himself and Josh McDaniels, uh, basically threatening to uncover things that Josh McDaniels was doing behind the scenes. If they didn't let him come back to the team. And then recently he had five to seven Las Vegas fire department folks show up to his house and, and admit him to a mental facility uh, against his will. And now he's, now he's pushing back against that saying he's well, he was admitted against his will, all really, really weird stuff. So you've got some some drama with the personnel and the head coaches. Uh, not that this should be a surprise that it's going on with the Raiders. Josh McDaniels had similar drama issues, not quite to this extent, but similar drama issues between himself and players, just managing relationships when he was the head coach of the Denver Broncos. These are things that we talked about uh, when they hired him, that we thought the relationship issue, the ego problem, all these things would kind of bubble up and become issues for him. And here we are in year three, Seems like it's certainly becoming an issue for him. So two coaches in turmoil, each of them having issues with highly paid defensive players on their roster, high profile guys, uh, without really giving an explanation or addressing it. Um, and both players kind of seem like they're twisting in the wind to a certain extent in terms of their status with the team. All very strange stuff. And then you've got the stuff that's going on on the field. You know, you've got Brandon Staley, the you know the supposed defensive guru whose defense can't stop probably a lot of high school teams right now. 
they're just bad. They're giving up explosive plays, which is supposed to be their strength, not giving up explosive plays. Uh, they're having trouble tackling. They're giving up yards and chunks, points and bunches. It's been a mess. Uh, they can't seem to stop anybody. On the other side, you have the Raiders, Josh McDaniels, the supposed offensive mastermind, the reason that they had so much success with, with Tom Brady in New England. You know, he could make any system work. He can develop any system around any personnel, and they're going to have success. That has not been the case. Uh, their offense has not been good this year. They're having a hard time moving the ball. They're having a hard time converting on third downs. They're having a really hard time putting the ball in the end zone when they're in the red zone. They're just, and they're turning the ball over at an alarming rate. Already seven turnovers for the first three weeks. You do the math on that 17 weeks, you're talking about, you know, 21 plus turnovers. Oh, that's not the right math. <laughs> uh, you're talking about what? Um, 50 plus turnovers over the course of the season. That's not good. So neither guy really excelling at what his, what is supposed to be his strength and both teams really kind of teetering here. They both got much. The chargers got a much needed win this week. The Raiders got a much needed win in week one, I believe. And now they're both kind of struggling trying to get their feet under them. So let's look at the matchup. We have two teams that are kind of on different ends of the spectrum offensively. Um, the Chargers right now are converting almost 67% of the red zone opportunities into touchdowns. The Raiders are down closer to around 50%. So the Raiders are getting in the red zone and kicking field goals. Chargers are getting in the red zone. They're generally scoring touchdowns. That should be winning games, but it's not because of the aforementioned defensive problems. Uh, then you take a look at third down conversions, both teams really struggling on third down conversions are kind of middle towards the bottom of the pack and third down conversions, chargers converting 40% Raiders converting 38%. And you look at the offensive numbers, you'd expect the chargers to be kind of explosive offensively. They're, you know, they're, they're averaging over 24 points a game this year. I think it's up around 27 points per game. And, uh, the chargers right now are averaging 417 yards of total offense per game. Whereas the Raiders, who again, McDaniels is supposed to be this offensive genius. They have one of the best receivers in the league in Devontae Adams. Uh, they have what's supposed to be a devastating running game. Both underperforming, the Raiders are averaging 288 yards of total offense a game. So they're not really moving the ball. They're not generating points. And as a result, they're losing and struggling. Um, I think... You know, if you're, if you're looking at this game for the Chargers, it really comes down to three things for me from a statist statistical standpoint. The first is, and you can say this about any game, but it's the truth with the way the Raiders are playing. You got to win the turnover battle. If the Chargers force a couple turnovers and they protect the football, they're probably going to be in a really good chance to win this game just because of the rate at which the Raiders are turning the ball over. Then you add to the fact that the Raiders are probably most likely going to be without Jimmy Garoppolo, who hasn't been very good, but is dealing with a concussion issue and is in the concussion protocol. Now you're looking at either Brian Hoyer or Aiden, Aiden O'Connell, um, their third string quarterback starting this game. My guess is if it was me, if I was Josh McDaniels, I'd be looking at this situation, realizing that I don't get anything. There's no benefit to starting 
Brian Hoyer. And I kind of need to see what my third string quarterback looks like. I would throw a curveball and I would start my court, my third string quarterback in this situation simply because Hoyer is not very good. Uh, I don't think he really gives you a chance to win and there's no tape on the third string quarterback. So I would start him. That's what I would expect, but we'll see what Josh McDaniels does. Um, I also think chargers, if they're converting at a high rate in the red zone, they're probably going to win this game with the way the Raiders are struggling. Uh, I, and with the quarterback issues, if the chargers are putting sevens on the board instead of threes, they're probably going to win this game. And again, you can say that about any game, but I think that's especially true with the stat, the state the Raiders offense is in and the way they've been playing. And the Chargers did this last week, but they've struggled with it at times during the season. They've got to be able to move the ball on third down. Ideally, you'd like to see this team creating more chunk plays on second down, something that I think they were a little bit better at uh, last week. But they, you'd like to see them get more consistent so that they're not always in third and six, which is something that they saw quite a bit last week. Um, third and six, third and seven, third and eight. You want third and two or less, or you want to be picking up first first down on second down. So being more efficient on first and second down so that you're not seeing as many third downs, I think would be a huge, a huge advantage for the Chargers, especially considering the Raiders are really struggling on third down. Um, Let's talk about some matchups. I think there's some things the Chargers can do schematically to help them win this game. We'll start on defense. Uh, I think for starters, given the state of the Raiders offense and the fact that they're not going to be starting Jimmy Garoppolo more than likely, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to make Devontae Adams work to get open. I think the first thing I do is I'm going to bracket him. I'm going to send linebackers in his direction when he's coming underneath and I'm going to bump him and chuck him and make him earn his way downfield. I'm not going to let him run free against one man. One of the best route runners in the league, one of the more explosive receivers in the league. Um, you cannot give him space. You've got to suffocate him and make him work, and you have to make somebody else beat you. I am okay with letting what Raiders wide receiver Jacoby Myers beat us, beat the Chargers, if that's what it comes to. It just can't be Devontae Adams, and it seems like every time the Chargers play the Raiders, Adams is going off for 10-plus catches and well over 100 yards and a couple touchdowns. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, as much as we all want Brandon Saley to succeed and we want the Chargers to succeed with him, uh, Josh McDaniels has coached circles around Brandon Staley on more than one occasion in their matchups over the last couple of years. So we need to see something more from Brandon Staley, we need to see him take away the Raiders' best option. And this is a different Raiders team than what we've seen. They are not throwing the ball to Hunter Renfro. Um, their tight ends are not as involved as they've been in years past. There's no more Darren Waller. Uh, despite having what looks like a pretty solid offensive line, they are not running the ball very well. Josh Jacobs looks kind of shot. He's really struggling, averaging, I think, less than two yards per carry right now. They're really having a hard time getting movement up front. Um, so I think you put eight in the box as often as you can. You bracket Devontae Adams as much as you can. And whether it's Brian Hoyer, whether it's Aiden O'Connell, um, I think the primary, um, primary goal for the Chargers really needs to be generating pressure up the middle. Interior pressure as soon as possible. The Chargers were really there. 
I thought last week in Minnesota, the Chargers really had their best pass rush plan they've had in quite a while. They were really, really good in terms of their pressure packages. They were running stunts and games up front. They confused the hell out of the Vikings offensive line. And they were able to get upfield and get after uh, Kirk Cousins. They were in his face all day. They hit him 13 times, sacked him five times. It was really a master performance. It was one of the best game plans I've seen Brandon Staley have from a front seven pressure package standpoint. So we need more of that. The Chargers have to be able to create some confusion up front. They have to be able to get after the quarterbacks through the A-gaps in their face. Uh, and they've got to be able to get the quarterbacks on the ground. I think if they get to these quarterbacks, if they're able to sack them and create some pressure, they will force some turnovers. You might even see a couple strip sacks. Um, I, I just don't think they're going to hold up under the kind of pressure that we saw the Chargers apply last week in Minnesota. Um, <clears throat> so again, game plan for the Chargers, stack the box, take the runaway, put the Raiders in third and long, generate interior pressure as often as possible, sudden interior pressure, and take away Devontae Adams. you got to double him, bracket him, give him different looks, chuck him at the line, you know, hit him as often as you can make him earn every catch. Uh, and I think, you know, just based on the way they've been playing lately, normally I'd say I want Michael Davis on, on Devonte Adams. I think right now, Asante Samuel jr. Is the Chargers best defensive player. He's their best corner, I should say. And he should be primarily shadowing Devonte Adams with some help over the top. And you might even see some Derwin on Devonte Adams, um, but primarily I think it should be Asante, Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, in some form of press with help over the top, just let him be physical with Devontae Adams and, and see how things turn out. Um, I don't think you can put Davis on him right now. Uh, you definitely cannot put Jazir Taylor on him right now, uh, but give him some help and let him – let him play. Let him know he's got some help help over the top, and do whatever you can to take Devonte away. Um, from an offensive standpoint, I think the, a couple of things that stand out to me. One is, I think you need to spread the Raiders out. You got to get them out of their base defense. You got to get Jacorian Bennett on the field, their their nickel corner, as much as possible. And you have to get him matched up with Quentin Johnson and Keenan Allen in the middle of the field in space and give those guys a chance to catch and run with the football after the catch. They did a great job of this against the Minnesota Blitz last week. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Minnesota blitzed Justin Herbert 40 times last week, and he completed something ridiculous like 32 or 33 passes on those 40 attempts. He was unbelievable. And that we will probably see more blitzes from the Raiders this week. Um, you know, their their defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, does like to try to get after the quarterback with four with four rushers, but he's not afraid to send blitzers if he needs to. And I just think with the way that the Chargers offensive line has been playing, particularly on the edge, you're probably not going to see as much from the edge defenders as the Raiders are accustomed to getting. So you're probably going to need to come after Herbert in key spots at times. And I think Justin last week did such a great job, great job of identifying and dealing with the blitz at the line of scrimmage. 
Can't wait to see more of that. He was masterful last week in so many ways, both in terms of the way he threw the ball and just the way he saw the field and made checks at the line of scrimmage. He was amazing. So <clears throat> I would challenge the Corey and Bennett as often as possible. I would also do everything I could to run the ball consistently against the Raiders. I, they're not a very good defensive team against the run. Um, their interior defensive line is solid, but not great. I think you could take advantage of Jerry Tillery, who is a starting defensive tackle for them. Um, and I think you need to try to run on the edges as much as possible, run at Max Crosby, um, run off the other edge and force their edge players, particularly when Tyree Wilson's on the field, really force their edge players um, to make decisions about how fast they're going to come up the field and make the, you know, make them think about the running game, keep them honest, make them work. Um, and the next group that I think you can really attack, I think you can attack the linebackers and safeties in this group. Uh, their linebackers are not great and they don't have a lot of depth. So I would be looking to attack the second level, try to get, fit the ball into that window between the linebackers and the safeties, preferably up the seam as much as possible run some crossers, try to confuse their linebackers, maybe run some pick plays, things like that, try to create openings in the middle of the field for the for the Chargers skill players where I think they really have a pretty sizable matchup advantage with their skill players versus the chart versus the Raiders linebackers. Um I would also attack the safeties. Trayvon Mooring has not been playing terribly well. I think you can go after him. I think you can challenge him deep and get some chunk plays. And I think this would be a good opportunity to cut loose Quentin Johnston and script a handful of plays for him to get the ball down the field, hopefully out of play action, and create some big chunk plays down the field. How are the Raiders going to come after the Chargers? Well, you know they're going to go, they're going to look for Devontae Adams as often as possible. Whether it's Michael Davis, whether it's Asante Samuel Jr., they're going to come after the Chargers corners and they're going to try to get big plays in the intermediate and deep part of the field. They've had a lot of success doing that. His route running has really given the Chargers corners problems over the last couple of years. So, you know, Devontae Adams is going to be a huge focal point in the offense for the Raiders. And look, after the way the, the Chargers defended the run last week, the Raiders are going to try to run the ball down their throat. They're going to be looking at this as a get well game for their running game, which has been struggling. So I would fully expect a lot of Brandon Jacobs. Um, I think you'll probably see a lot of all three of their running backs as they try to run the ball downhill at the Chargers and wear out that front seven, which has been pretty inconsistent against the run at times this year already. They they gave up a five-yard per carry average to uh, Alexander Madison last week, who frankly had not been good leading up to the week three matchup with the Vikings. So... Raiders are going to run the ball down the Chargers' throats. They're not going to be shy about it. It's probably not going to be terribly creative. They're going to line up, and they're just going to come right downhill at the Chargers. So the Chargers are going to have to play really, really well. Let's talk a little bit about a prediction. Uh, I picked the Chargers to win this game when we did our predictions uh, before the season started. Uh, I picked them to win every game so far this, this year, and um, – they're starting to shake my confidence, even though they won last week. Just not loving the defense and not loving the inconsistencies and in some of the things that we're seeing on the field. So I think for this game, I just 
frankly, I I just think the Raiders are an even bigger mess than the Chargers. I think they're having problems in the locker room. I think their head coach is in way over his head, which we knew when they hired him. Uh, and I have to have to believe the Chargers are going to have a game plan for the Raiders, a good game plan. So I am going to go. I think the Chargers win this game. I think we're looking at another one score game. I think the Chargers win it 33-27. And we see the first touchdown of the year from Quentin Johnston. So that's it, guys. That's my prediction. That's my breakdown of the game. I hope you enjoyed it. Sorry I couldn't get a Raiders person on here, but you know what? I think it's fine because you just never really know what you're going to get with a Raiders fan. So thanks for joining me once again, reminding you about our new schedule. We have daily content that started this year. Uh, yesterday, we had Garrett uh, on Score More. On Wednesdays, it's me with the walkthrough, usually with a guest. Thursdays, we do our, our mailbag show, TLR Roundtable. Fridays, Craig has his show. I got five on it. And then, of course, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, after hours, after the game, breaking down, giving you our, our raw, unedited takes on the games. So thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the show. I will see you next week for the walkthrough, and I will see you on Thursday for TLR Roundtable. Everybody have a great day. Thank you.